Excuse me. Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God, our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Last week, I did my best. It wasn't very good, so sorry about that. Last week, when I began this midweek series, I was doing my best to try and explain something that I think I got a little in, too deep over my head. Um, the fact that, or the interpretation, and I'd say it's, it's a well-attested one, that whenever you read in the Old Testament, the angel of the Lord, or, or, um, or Yahweh, you can read that as being the pre-incarnate Christ. Um, I, I'm not going to go and preach that sermon all over again. I'm just going to leave it right there. Because tonight we are looking at the name of Yahweh. And it carries over that with the pre-incarnate Christ being God himself, right? The Son is God, right? But that's not to take away from the Father or, or, or the Holy Spirit. Tonight we are talking about the Son. But it's interesting because to talk about the Son, you in essence really need to talk about the Father and, and, and the Holy Spirit. We'll predominantly be talking about the Father and the Son tonight, though. Because we see in our text some very comforting and I think consoling words from God that if you look at uh, chapter 34 of, uh, if you look at Exodus chapter 34, and you know that about two chapters before that, there was something that had to do, there was some sort of incident, it involved a golden calf. You know, you probably remember the scene from the Ten Commandments, and if you remember that scene, multiply that probably by like a hundred, and that's how bad it really was. It was horrible. Um, and in the midst of it, when Moses saw it, he threw the tablets down and he broke them at the foot of of the mountain. So now he needs comfort. He needs consolation. He is told by God to. Pack up and go because you're about to go into, into the land that I have promised you. But Moses says, Lord, I will not go unless you go with me. And he needs to know that God goes with him and with his people, even though they are stiff-necked, even though they are stubborn. And so Moses asks for consolation and the beautiful thing is that God doesn't say no. He doesn't say maybe. He says absolutely and even more than you could possibly wish for. Yes, because the Lord descends in the cloud and stands with him and proclaims the name of the Lord. And, it, and he says, it's wonderful. The Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abounding in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, by no means clearing the guilty. Right? 
God is a gracious and loving God, but he is just at the same time. I shouldn't say but, because those things aren't at odds with each other. I should say, and also he is just. So we see this, that Moses needed consolation. What about us? Do we need consolation in this life? If we're honest with ourselves, the answer is not no, not maybe, but yes. Yes, we need consolation. If we're honest about this world, we look around and we say, it's, it's pretty dark. And I'm not just saying about how dark it is outside. I'm saying about how dark it is that the world is becoming more and more depraved and sick with its own sin, that it just does whatever it wants to do. And on some level, whether we'd like to say it or not, our sinful flesh feels that pull at the same time. Our sinful flesh doesn't really want to rock the boat. Our sinful flesh wants to just go along to get along. Everything will be just fine if you just follow the leader or follow the group or the crowd or whatever it might be. And yet, that's not what we're called to do. We're called to follow God. We're called to follow the Lord because he is merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abounding in goodness and truth and all of the other characteristics of his being. We need consolation. And isn't it wonderful that he gives it abundantly and even more than we could possibly fathom? It's amazing because when you see this in the Old, text, in, in the Old Testament and you know that our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord, shares these attributes with God the Father, right? That when you hear him talk and he says, I and the Father are one, if you see me, you see the Father. You know that you're in good shape. You know that you are in good hands because you're in his hands, trusting him. He shares all of these qualities because he is God himself in the flesh, come for you. And when we look at the name of God, when we look at the name of, of, of the Lord or the name of Yahweh, however you want to say it, we know that Jesus Christ shares that divine name. And it's not a coincidence by any stretch, to look in the New Testament, especially in places like Romans chapter 6, right? We all know this from catechism, right? We, uh, we know that St. Paul writes, um, therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death. Actually, I should back up a little bit. Do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death. Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. That being baptized 
requires not just water, but the word, and specifically, and specifically the name, right? We are baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus Christ, the Son, is that name also that we are baptized into. That in all that he has done, we are now the beneficiaries of his work. That as we go forward, we look out to this world, and though it is dark and though it is bleak, we have consolation because we know that God has come down in Jesus Christ. That he has come down in the flesh. And for, and for, for all of our sakes, right? That in his flesh, our flesh is now clean. In his death, our death means life. In his blood, we find hope and salvation and peace. Because... Although he had the name, he has the name of God. He did not count that as something that should be held on to. But he humbled himself and became, and he came in the form of a slave and took on the likeness of men. And being found as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death on a cross for our sakes. And because he has humbled himself, God has exalted him. And in his humility, there's hope. The exaltation of of the Son is yours now as a son of God in baptism, as a child of God, washed clean of your sin. That in these things, in his name, you find hope because in in him being exalted through his humiliation, at his name, at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow and every tongue should confess that he is Lord, that he is God, that he is the Savior for you, for me, for the entire world that every tongue should confess that he is Lord to the glory of God, uh, of God the Father. So that in all these things, know that that name is placed on you in those waters of holy baptism. That as a baptized child of God, you can now, by God's grace, have the mind that Christ has, being humble, but being exalted, in faith, according to God's grace. So that when you go into this dark world, you have this light that is granted to you by him who is, who is that light. In all these things, we face this world and the darkness of this world, not by ourselves, and not with our own strength, but with the strength that is supplied through Jesus Christ. Because he has done all that is needed for you to be saved. And all that is necessary is to trust in what he has done. 
And that in and of itself is a great gift of, of the Holy Spirit who points us to Christ, who always says, look to him, look to him, look and see where your salvation is. So as we go forward in the Advent season, preparing for Christmas, preparing for when we hear about the wonderful good news of God coming down and taking on flesh for our sakes, let us go forward continually being, um, continually being, being reminded by God's word to trust in that name that is placed on us, to trust in Christ who has died for us, who, who, who was raised for us, and who now lives on high, working all things for our good. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Amen.